Hi, my name is Ashley Shannon, and I'm here with my co-host, Karen McAvoy, and you're listening to the Girl Get Your Shit Together podcast, where we talk about picking up the pieces when shit falls apart. Um, This is our very first episode, and I'm extremely excited. (laughs) Hi, Carrie. Hey there, Ashley. Good to see you today. It's good to see you too. You look so cute. You do too. You look beautiful as usual. Oh, thank you. Okay, so when we were kind of figuring out where to start this podcast, um, we wanted to kind of talk about starting at the bottom. And so today's topic is not just the bottom, but rock bottom. Um, Carrie, what do you think about when you hear the term rock bottom? You know, I do. You, I have a question for you to answer the question. Sorry about that. Do you, <laughs> when you hear the word rock bottom, do you think of yourself as being at rock bottom? Um, not currently, but I have been at rock bottom. And when you were at rock bottom, did you think, shit, this is rock bottom? No, no. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you realize that you're like at your lowest point until after you've come away and you're like, damn, that was bad. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that's why I wanted to ask because when the moment I didn't realize how bad it was, it was in hindsight. I'm thinking when I look back, I think, oh, wow. How did I end up here? This was really not good, but you don't see that, you know, you're just living life and things are happening. Often things are happening so fast. You're just trying to keep up on it, you know? So. Yeah. And I think, I think rock bottom as a term, like People think rock bottom is like you're homeless, you're you know living on the streets, you have no money, you have no job. Um, I mean, just like the worst case scenario. I think rock bottom is more like personalized to everyone's experience. Like when I got arrested, and that's no secret. So, um, but I, you know, uh, it was like a decade ago. Um. I feel like that was a rock bottom for me. I still owned a car. I still had a place to live. Um, I didn't have any kids at the time, but like I was still going to work. But uh, that was like clearly like a a wake up call scenario. (laughs) Well, yeah, because me, there's shit. There's moments of rock bottomness that that you think if I've like okay, so here's one of mine that I'm I (laughs) I really not shared much at all. But uh, my husband was dead maybe a couple weeks, and I opened a dating profile. That I don't think that's rock bottom. I think that's but like I felt right? okay. It's not rock bottom in the sense of rock bottom, but I felt pretty low. It was yeah. not like I wanted to put it on my Facebook page. Guess what I just did? Right? <laughs> <laughs> did you put it in your Tinder profile? Like, hey guys, <laughs> no, he just fact, passed away. <laughs> yeah, I know. In fact, somebody uh, messaged me right away and was interested, and then I shared, and he goes, "Ah, uh, no, no, uh, uh-uh, I'm not meeting you." <laughs> You're feeling like about this high, like there's something really know, wrong right? here. You were already feeling like this big, and then he said no, so now you're feeling like this That's big. Right. That's right. Uh, but he probably did you a favor. He probably did because you're like you're thinking, is the body even cold? I mean, there's something kind of <laughs> something kind of cold about the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? I just so th- th- to me, there's a, so much shame in that. And yeah, you when you're talking, when I normally think of. Like you said, homeless, on the street, eating out of garbage bins. Okay, but there's shades of it. There's yeah. my version of it, your version of it. There's all these shades of it. It's when you look at yourself and think, what am I doing? This isn't me. Right. 
I always feel like I, I spoiler alert, I feel like I've hit rock bottom probably a good five times in my life in different ways. But it's always like waking up with like mascara smeared across your face, going to make coffee, looking in the bathroom mirror and you're like, oh man like this is fucked up like I, I gotta make a change <laughs> yeah or for me I think one of the other really really bad moments is crouching in the shower so no one would hear me although probably it made it echo worse and screaming at the top of my lungs or crying uh, oh my yeah, gosh I can't yeah, tell you like fight you know so oh. <laughs> um so like I said, I feel like I've hit rock bottom probably four or five times in my life in different ways. Um, Carrie, how many times do you think, since you are a little bit older than me, but you also have your shit together way more than I have ever had my shit together. So how many times do you think you've been like, okay, this is pretty low? I think, you know, I, I would say if you'd met me maybe 15 years ago, I would have been one of those people you would have said I had something stuck up my butt. So- <laughs> seriously probably that sounds like something I'd say (laughs) yeah you wouldn't have liked me I was awfully 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 uptight so my life rock bottom actually started happening to me when I got real yeah so I would say I did it probably I think maybe three three or four times and and I would say it's all been in the last six years wow yeah that's kind of crazy because I always feel like I always feel like rock bottom is like for me it's been a breakup or an arrest or um that one time I threw a brick through a window like there's been like which which was because of a drinking problem and so I had to get sober and like all these different things um but there's always been like okay this is the low and then like the starting over process and I hate that feeling of feeling like I built something up and then I threw it all away with two fucking hands and like (laughs) now I have to start over (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think there's something, yeah, I think, for, I think for different personalities, there's different types of rock bottoms. Like I said, I was a super, mm-hmm. super uptight person, a very controlled person. I mean, one of these people in college is that I scheduled my life on a 15 minutes schedule. Well, seriously, I had my life <laughs> scheduled down to 15 minutes. No kidding. So, um, you know, as you, as I got less uptight and more into my feelings and then, and then life started happening. I mean, really, yeah. really things start happening that was kind of this combination you know and then I and then I and then emotionally started making big mistakes and of course the thing that bugs me and I bet you that you that you know this feeling is that people want to say I told you so they want to all say, the time. that and then you do it and they're like what, what are you surprised you know so like and then I was really upset <laughs> you know so yeah for me it's always a common like a combination of and it's usually my mother uh, being like are you sure about that one like are you sure about that you know guy or girl because mm-hmm. I'm bisexual you know are you sure like and then something happens and I I won't even talk to her for like three months because <laughs> I know that the I told you like I warned you this is gonna happen yeah exactly. thanks mom love yeah. you yeah, and for me, I felt like I had the whole world watching because they had just watched my whole life burn and crash because my husband was dying. So there was a lot of people wanting to weigh in. So I felt like my next thing that I did was so public and then it, of course, blew up. So I felt very public too. Yeah, and that's hard because people love me very much and they want good things for me. So it wasn't like, 
it was all out of a good place, but it still right. made it harder for me. I met, I felt more shame because of it. So, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So going back um, to the first time I ever got in trouble and was arrested, social media was a thing. I had a Facebook page, but it wasn't like this monster that it is now where people will literally like go on the website for the state and like look up your mugshot and post it on Facebook and like all these things. So I didn't have to go through that with that rock bottom, but like hitting, I would say not really rock bottom, but the low point that I did recently, um, is very public. And now I feel like I'm almost like, I'm not a public figure. I'm not famous or anything, but a lot of people know who I am, know our brand, our business, all these different things. It's embarrassing as hell to be like, look, I'm a professional. I have all these things going for me, but watch me throw it away. Like throw my personal life away. Like, yeah, you know, set it on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. And, and uh, I'm, you know, my, my, I was married for 31 years and I wanted, he was well loved and really well liked and he had a good position in the community. And so I, out of a desire to include people, I had opened a Facebook page for him and then started, um, that's, I, I, yeah, I was writing beforehand, but that really for me was like catapulted me socially. So, yeah. um, I started a, a network with people, but I would write these almost daily blogs. And, and at, I think at some point I hear, and we're talking in like a five and a half month span, I had over 50,000 reads on that wow. little, like a little, and that's update, like cancer updates. Yeah. So, so then people were invested and they wanted me happy. They wanted life to go well. <laughs> it just gets worse, you know? Whoops. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, no. Yeah, that's even why I'm saying putting up a dating profile a few weeks after he's gone, you know, everybody's still mourning and I'm already like, okay, next. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't, and I've been posting about it. I mean, it just doesn't oh, set the right tone at all, you know? Yeah. I feel like I couldn't imagine that. I've never had a partner pass away. I am divorced. Um, that is not the same. But um, I feel like even when you break up, like I've been broken up for three months now mm -hmm. and I still haven't made – I downloaded Tinder because Tinder is my go-to apparently <laughs> instead of Bumble or Hinge or, you know, wherever the nice people are, you know. <laughs> but um, I haven't made a profile because I'm like, I'm not – ready yeah. but I could imagine like if I was a little bit older just being like I just want to see if anybody's even interested like maybe I'm not ready but like you know when you haven't dated for a long time it's like is there even anybody out there like am I just going to be alone for the rest of my life so I see yeah, I, what yeah, you were goes, thinking or feeling exactly that goes through your mind because the other thing is I really not dated so, yeah. you know, I met him at 19 and he was my, really my, my, he was my only lover. And, you know, it was like, I, I found him when we were together and then life that, that was life. And so he'd been a part of my, basically my whole adult life had been spent yeah. with this person. So when he was gone, I had all these questions of, would anybody even like me? Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the perfect, you know, I'm 50, was 52 at the time. So I wasn't any 40 anymore. I mean, it just felt like I worried that time was passing and yet I had a lot of life to live. So I didn't want to like 
not move forward. So uh, yeah, I was really scared. I mean, the bottom line was I was really, really scared. And I think, isn't that the thing, Ashley, though, that one of the things that drives us that helps us get to the rock bottom is insecurity or fear or rage. I mean, it, it tends to be one of these kind of darker emotions make us move into this pretty catastrophic places. Yeah. I think rock bottom for me personally, but I could see this being almost like a universal thing is driven by insecurity and fear. 100%. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, anytime I, you know, acted out, well, okay, we'll just, I'll set the picture since I kind of gave a little breadcrumb earlier. Quite a while ago, I got very intoxicated with a friend and my ex-boyfriend who was then moving on, um, I, I was not happy with him. I was very, 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 very drunk, which is not an excuse. And um, I went to his house and he wasn't there. It was like four o'clock in the morning. So obviously things were going really well with the new girl. And um, my friend kind of egged me on and was like, let's, you know, key his car or whatever, where his car is not there. And, you know, and all of a sudden it just snowballed into this whole thing of like, okay. And then here a brick went through a window disclaimer I paid for the entire thing it got replaced I was very responsible about it but it comes from this place of I'm not ready to let you go I don't I'm afraid to be alone I'm afraid to see you love somebody else because I screwed something up um and you know it's almost like this this you won't give me positive attention here give me some negative attention like I feel like it's such like a toddler reaction to a breakup but it happened um you know like six or seven years ago And when I look back on that now, I'm thinking, wow, like I was so insecure. I was so sure that I was never going to find anybody else even half as good as this person. I was so afraid to be alone, even though in all reality, we'd been broken up for a long time. I'd been alone. I'd been alone and while drinking a lot, um, still functioning, (laughs) you know, still going to work and all these different things. So it's interesting to look back and see that it was like, yeah, it was just insecurity, fear, abandonment, trust issues, all of those things. And then that's what happened. And it really took like a solid five years to even figure that out, which is really sad to say, right? Right, right. No, yeah. I feel like it shouldn't take that long. Yeah, yeah. You got me thinking. I mean, the setup on mine was I'd been married 31 years to the same guy, three kids. We had a great house. We just sold our house. We were in the process of building a new one. We even had hired an architect and spent buku hours of money on this gorgeous new home, on this gorgeous new lot. Uh, I was talking retirement. He was talking retirement. Um, Our last kid was a senior in high school. We were about ready to like embark on this empty nest thing. I was so excited because motherhood for me has been a challenge. I mean, I'm just not wired that way. So I felt like I had, I was survival mode the entire time I was raising kids. So I was living towards this moment that we were going to have this great life. We're going to be able to travel and, and rekindle our like passion and our marriage and everything. And in fact, he walked into the house uh, just shortly before we found out he was ill and said, this has been the best year of my life. I think we were both Mm -hmm. feeling so excited about all of this. And then literally the day after Christmas, we find out he has terminal cancer mm-hmm. and there's no hope, absolutely no hope, no treatment, no hope. And he was gone five and a half months. So later, so literally from a few weeks before he said, this has been, the, he felt so great. This is the best year of my life to by June of the next year, that next year, six months later, he's gone. So everything, 
everything was gone. My new house, I had to sell the lot. My, I retired my practice. My last kid left for college. Now I had an empty house. My dog died. I mean, seriously, everything, everything was gone. And I wasn't ready. I mean, I was just felt, I, I just, I, I was scared. I was scared, absolutely shitless. And I, and I wanted the life back. I mean, I wanted everything back. So that was what I was trying to do is just sort of recover what was, what was gone. And I feel like that's what I'm kind of hearing from you too. And when somebody leaves you, you feel like, oh, I want, first of all, I want them to choose me because I want to know that I'm worth choosing. But then you also like, but I want what I had. I like what I had. I don't know this new place. I don't know how to do this new place. That was how I, so when I felt like I was looking into the future and I'm in my, you know, 52, I felt like I can't do 30 more years of this while I watch everyone around me has everything that I want and I've lost. I just, it was unbearable. It was unbearable. Yeah, it totally is. It's, it's, it's interesting to look at and see how much of getting to that point is just, you know, giving into being afraid and insecure and letting that kind of control your actions. So for me, I don't really know what it was like for you, obviously, but like for me, it was, I didn't want to deal with being alone. Mm -hmm. So I went out all the time. I hung out with people that eh, probably should have been hanging out with, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were always going out to the bar. Um, I, my son was always spending time with his grandparents. Like I just wasn't, you know, I was trying to find myself is what I kept telling myself, but you don't find yourself at the bottom of a bottle, basically. (laughs) Like it's Mm -hmm. like, you're not there. Right. Um, So it's, it's just, an image. You know, like I'm picturing right. you curled up at a bottom of a bottle. No, you're not. Like you're not, right. you're not there. Right. But, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I look back and that relationship was on and off, um, not necessarily healthy. And like a month into that relationship, I found out that the last girl he had been kind of seeing, kind of not seeing was pregnant with his kid. Mm. So then we had that uphill battle. And I'm like, we never went out. We never did anything. We had really good sex. Sometimes we watched movies. Like that was it. That was the whole relationship. Why am I pining over this? Yeah, <laughs> like this right. was not that great. Like at right. least yours was like this wonderful life, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to throw my life away. Like, cause I could have ended up in jail. Okay. Yeah. With a felony charge. I'm going to throw my life away over six months of like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> of watching movies and having good sex. I mean, I mean, that's it wasn't even great sex, though. It's just good. (laughs) But isn't that, but Ashley, isn't that what life is? I mean, really what we're both saying. And my life, by the way, may have sounded great. It wasn't all that great either. I mean, there was, it was tired. The marriage was tired. I wanted, I thought that we were going to recover something. And then it's, it's taken from me. And then, and for me, okay, sex is really important. It's really damn important. And here, all of a sudden, literally it's over and I didn't even know it was over yeah because he's sick and he's recovering from surgery and then afterwards he's no longer interested I didn't know that one time was the last time it's not like I say let's put a star on this moment and remember (laughs) this forever I can't even tell you what the last time was it was just like everything disappeared so what Mm -hmm. I did I didn't you know fall into a bottle but what I did do is I made dating my second job I made it a job I'm not kidding. I went out, sometimes I went out with three different guys in the same week. I probably saw, I talked to hundreds and hundreds of men 
and I maybe, I don't know how many men I actually met, but it would be like, well, these one and dones, not it, not it. So, and then in the middle of all this, and this was really, it kills me. I had a colleague of mine. So someone that I worked with at the office, cause I'm a psychologist. And so she took me out and said to me, and she's a little bit older than me and as equally had a great practice. And she says to me, you know, finding love against me really tough, going to be really tough for you. I like looked at her and I'm like, can't believe she's saying this to me. She said, you're too old you're too smart and you have too much education. And I drove, I'm kind of like, what a rude bitch, but like, (laughs) I I drove home and I bawled all the way home. And I thought to myself, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. So yeah. And then of course I hop into the next relationship and it's catastrophically awful, you know? So it's like, I found a level I thought was a bottom. Oh no, no. There's other levels below this place. (laughs) That's, that's an interesting thing to think about is like, you know, maybe there were times where it it felt like starting over, it felt like, you know, having to make a a big life change. And it wasn't even a bottom. Like there are some times where I look back now and I'm like, no, like some unhealthy behavior for sure. But a bottom? not quite like, you know, just a really shitty. To me now, now that you're getting me really to think about it, a bottom to me is dr- flying back from Phoenix from where I'm visiting my friends because I left because I was so upset over a horrible argument that we had, but I flew back because I didn't believe that I thought he was into the money. And now I'm actually chasing him across town, trying to figure out where he is and who he's meeting up with. And I'm literally stalking him and following Stalker him in, in person, in person, <laughs> on foot. Trying to like follow his phone, Google Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so crazy to think about. I used to have a friend. Okay. So I was like early 20s. Very No, 19. I was 19 and started dating this um, guy who was married in his 30s. (laughs) Red flag, red flag, red flag. (laughs) Right. Um, And then obviously his wife found out and – you know, he decided he wanted to stay with his wife. Well, he moved in with me for like three days and then decided that, no, I don't want to live in your apartment where your mattress is on the floor. Like I have a really nice life at home. Like <laughs> she cooks and shit. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but after that, like I was, so that was like my first real heartbreak. Like I was like insanely invested in this man, you know? And, um, my friends used to be like, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to go to the bar, whatever. I was underage, but there were quite a few bars that would, didn't care. And so I'd be like, okay, but first, can we, can we drive past his house? I just want to see if he's home. I'm not going to stay. Like, I'm not going to text him. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to see. And then, you know, you drive past, you see his car in the driveway. Okay. He's home, whatever. It's worse when you drive past, you see his car is not in the driveway. And then it's like, where are the, and I'll start Ugh. like casing the town so we can find them. Is that what you did next? Because that's what I would do. Only because my friend, I didn't only because my friends, like they had their limit with me. Uh, And um, while they tolerated quite a bit, they were not going to, they were not going to give up a night of going out and having fun to, yeah, try and track him down. And this was before like like, smartphones and shit. So let's find them. Let's find them. Yeah. Right. Even looking back on that, I'm like, obsessive yes weird yes stalkers tendencies totally this was you know almost gosh like almost 15 years ago and um 
And I'm thinking, but like nobody taught me how to break up or anything like that. So it felt like it was going to be like the lowest point of my life. I was never going to love again. I was never going to anything. And with somebody who has like severe abandonment issues from my childhood, you know, it, it really just shakes you to the core, even though it's not a rock bottom. It feels that way. Right. Right. And I feel like that's really kind of misleading sometimes but yeah and and for me it I was a I really was insecure about my lovability I I wasn't convinced I was and I needed him to choose me I re, and and the fact that he wasn't choosing me he's choosing everybody but me made it me want to make him choose me even more it made it like it upped the up the line like we're playing limbo it really dropped it so now i'm going i'm working harder to be better prettier nicer smarter whatever it is that i think that he wants but yeah the problem was i was in my 50s and he's chasing women in their 20s i mean there's just no competition i'm not gonna ever right. be 20 again and the other problem is he ne- that's never what he wanted and i missed the whole point that's not what he wanted he'd gotten in the relationship for some other reason so I couldn't succeed at that. So here I am chasing something I can't do. And I'm not in the country. I don't have a home in the United States anymore. And I don't really have a city anymore in the United States. There's no home to return yeah. to. And I literally didn't know. I felt like I didn't know what, like there's no choice. There's no options. So I just felt stuck. I mean, just completely trapped. And I think when I've sat with people who've been in this place, that's a common feeling. Like they'll just look at you and say, I don't, there's no other options. I don't have any other, but we often don't see that there really are. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. I could have reached out and got told people I needed help. I could have talked to my kids who were adults. I mean, I had options. I just didn't see them. It felt yeah. like there literally were no options. Yeah. I, and that's rock bottom is lonely and isolated. I don't care if you're married in a relationship, have a family, whatever. Like the last time, the last time I really felt like I hit a low point, maybe not a rock bottom was recently when the guy I've been seeing for two years, um, uh, assaulted me for lack of a better term and, um, got arrested. Um, so then when that happens, um, the state puts a no contact order in place and then, um, they basically they're out of your life. Um, you know, which is what I want, but it felt like it was me and my kids in Eureka Springs in this, you know, little apartment. I had no family nearby. Um, all my friends are online. <laughs> like I didn't really have friends in the area and, um, it felt so alone. And I was like, there's nothing, I can't do anything. Like I just have to deal with this by myself, which was totally not true. It took literally one 20 minute phone call and my mom was there the next day to help me. And so it, but it's, you feel trapped when you're down that low. Right. Right. And then it doesn't help that it doesn't help that you feel so, I know for me, I felt stupid. I really kept thinking, how can I be this stupid? I have a PhD, you know, I, I, I just was like flabbergasted and I kept saying and and it it probably is not very nice but I kept saying I'm worse than my worst patient that's how I felt I felt like I was sicker than my worst patient and um but yeah you just end up feeling like there are no outs and you miss the outs that really are and they end up thinking that because you despise yourself that nobody will want to help but people do want to help um and you feel like you I felt like I wore everybody out 
So I didn't want to lean into them again because I already leaned into them before and then waffled and returned. So why would they, I mean, it, it feels like crying wolf over and over and you're going to, they're, they're not going to show up. Truth of the matter is when you're really ready to change, I think people feel that from you. I think there's something that you give off that's different and they know that and they'll show up for it. So, but it's hard to see that in the minute. And in the middle of all that, you don't, you don't see all of that. You just see what a big hot mess you are. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I feel like I felt embarrassed. Um, literally like a year before he was arrested the last time he got arrested, um, my mom was telling me like, what, what are you, what are you doing? It had nothing to do with me. It was in a different state, but like, um, when my friend from that state called to tell me, you know, what had happened, what she had heard and all these different things, she's like, you, you're better than this. Like, you've got to get out of this situation. This person is not good for you. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, there's no way um, he's going to be in my life anymore. And a month later, I moved him down to where I was living. <laughs> like, so when it happens and it's really done and I don't have this person because of something that he did, then I was so embarrassed. I didn't even tell her the truth at first for why he got arrested. I didn't tell her that had anything to do with me because I was so embarrassed that I let this person use me and stay in my life for so long. And like, that's another thing of feeling like, okay, I really, really screwed up, but I can't tell anybody, but you have to tell somebody because you have to get some sort of help. Right, right, right. No, I mean, you totally, I totally like shut down. I totally kept everybody out of my life and got this really good plastic smiling face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just thought I was like doing fine. In fact, people wrote to me on Facebook, you never look so happy. And I'm thinking, and I'm dying. I'm in dying. Right. Inside. Yeah. Like this yeah. is a mask. <laughs> right, right. I bet you though, Ashley, I know there was for me, was there a, suddenly a moment like something clicked, like... You had clarity that you never had before and you just thought, this has got to change. Did you have that sudden, like, how did you find your way back up off of it? How did, how did you know that was the moment and then you, and then you started recovering? Because for me, it was literally a switch. It, it was just, not a switch okay. for me. Um, and it, it should have been. And I'm sitting here thinking, as you're asking me this question, like, oh, yeah, it was this. And like, no, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. But it should have been. It should have been the moment they put the handcuffs on him, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. It it wasn't even like um, it was like a couple weeks or like a week after that that I moved home with my mom. Um, and it wasn't then. Um, it wasn't even like, you know, getting the court date and all of that information, seeing the mugshot. Like it wasn't then. It was honestly like two days ago when I um, – looked up on the IRS website that my tax refund had been accepted and they were going to send it to me this week. And it was for a large amount of money. And I turned to my mom and I was like, I am so glad that this happened because I would have spent all that money on him. Like Mm -hmm. I probably would have bought like a shitty car that, you know, was not reliable. And a lot of that money would have went to him to help out his situation since he wasn't working and he was already living off me anyways. Right. And so I'm like, think, think, like I, the, in this, so far in this year, I have made about the same amount of money that I made all of last year. And 
it's like life changing to me. And if I would have still been in that situation, it wouldn't have been like, I would have been so irresponsible and made shitty decisions. And so that was the switch for me. I was like, wow, look at how much better my life is already. And how lucky I am to have got out when I did. But do you see the difference though that was there? And I bet you that's the difference that was not there before is that there's, there was, there was self-observation. Yes. You know, I, cause, because I, I went through this with you, so I got to watch mm-hmm. you with it. And I was aware every moment you were observing and saying, this is where I'm at. This is what I want it to be. This is where I've been before. I could feel the awareness, the picture. You had this big map that you were kind of observing the process, which then you're like, and this is where I want to be. And I could feel you like moving. Yeah, maybe emotionally you weren't there and you weren't ready, but you were you were making steps to move yourself there. So something shifted because I bet you if you go back to those other those other moments, that that same kind of observation wasn't there. That same kind of like, eh, I need to do something. This isn't working for me. I don't want to be here in life. Do you? What do you think? Is that different? Yeah. So that moment was kind of like a a, a flipping a switch. Yes, and yes. that moment was um, actually before anything happened. I was we had gone to bed and I went and went to the bathroom and I was going to the bathroom and I was thinking, why is he here? Like he's disrupting my, my flow with my kids and my work schedule and I'm not having fun anymore. Yep. Yep. And that was when I went out and, you know, I asked him to leave and then everything blew up. Yep. yep, Like I was ending it and everything blew up. And the same thing happened for me. My, my shift happened in a quiet moment and then all the activity happened afterwards subsequently. Just like that. Yeah. So I had that pivotal, like, wake up. I, and for me, we happened to be at a restaurant and we were on vacation and it was this gorgeous spot and we were ending and he was in a pissy, pissy space and he wasn't being loving or supportive of me at all. And mm-hmm. I looked around at all these other happy families and thought, this is what real love looks like. This is what he and I have. This is not love. And, I, and then I thought to myself, and if this was one of my kids, I'd want them to have better than this. Exactly. And I thought I deserve better than this. And that was the moment that then, then from there on, it was like incremental steps out, you know, process. It was definitely a process just like yours didn't happen all at once, but it was, but it was the shift happened. And then I began to slowly step out. Yeah. And that's so funny that you say that because that is now moving forward and getting ready to like, um, I'm moving to back to my home state, back to Iowa. I, you know, and I'm will probably date when I get there. But my new mantra for dating is if this is not acceptable for my daughter or my son, if this is not acceptable for my daughter to receive this behavior and my son to act this way, then this person is not acceptable for my life. Yeah. We forget that. Like yeah. I have dated so many crappy people in my life and I'm like, I would never let my daughter date somebody like that. Why the <laughs> hell am I doing it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, why do we deserve shit when we'd never give the same shit to our kids? Seriously. I, yeah. I, the put stuff I put up with, goodness. I mean, it was just, it's, yeah, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. But I didn't yeah. see that. It was just like, oh, at least I'm with somebody. You know, I'm not alone. Like, there's that, the I'm not alone. And like with this last one, he was um, very handsome. I won't mm-hmm. give him that. Um, in the beginning anyways. And, um, you know, I'm a curvy girl and I have a type, like I like a skinny guy. I'm not usually a lot of skinny guys types, 
But this guy, I apparently it, it worked out. And I was like, I'm never going to be as physically attracted to another person as I am to him. Like, I will never do any better than this. Bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Like, um, that's a lie that yeah. I tell myself because I'm insecure. Um, there are millions of men yeah. who look yeah. just like him or better. Yeah that also would treat me with respect right and um if you're out there my number is no i'm just kidding <laughs> but <laughs> you know buy into that scarcity mentality you know like right the best is gonna in fact my ex the person i've been talking about is my ex his other exes would te- text him in, in front of me and say i miss you you're the best thing there's ever been and i would be first of all they shouldn't have been doing that but then I, but I, I'm near the end when we were like moving out and I was moving, getting ready to be over. I looked at him and said, trust me, babe, if that's their whole worldview, then they've not met money men because right? a whole lot better men than you. I, and I said, and I will never say this to you ever because I don't it's, believe it. it. That's amazing that you had the guts to do that. And like, I want that kind of same moment, but I will never get it, obviously, because I hope to never see him again. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it is insane. And that's something I'm learning about, like my I've been researching, like my attachment style yeah. and, you know, the pattern of people that I date. Um, hello, I am Ashley and I date a narcissist. And that's what they will tell you. Like they will literally tell you, you know. I, you will never do better. And I can remember him saying that to me, like, you know, go back to your fat ex-boyfriend or whatever. Um, he used to make fun of my ex-boyfriend because he was stockier and had red hair and a red beard. Still really cute. But like, you know, and it, it was always that, you know, you'll go back to the fatties. Like you'll, you'll do better there. They'll, they'll appreciate you. You know, you're never going to get any better than me. Motherfucker was jobless 90% of the time we were together. 90% of the time called me all sorts of names in front of my children, fat whore, stupid bitch, all these different things, you know, totally disrespectful of me, my job, my autonomy, my body. Like, and I'm like, yeah, it's not that hard to do that, to do better at this point. Like you're like the bar is really low there, babe. Really, But you don't see it when you're in it, you know, I know whatever your insecurity is and you feel like they're throwing you a bone and boy, I now think that what, if I feel that, I, I'm saying this to myself right now, Carrie, if you feel like someone's throwing you a bone, you got to take a step back because it's already a problem. There's already something right. going on as a toxic moment here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you should never, the person you're with should never be making it feel like it's a favor to exactly. date you. <laughs> right? Exactly. exactly. Um, so... Now that I feel like, and I, I know you're still kind of in the process of rebuilding, coming out of rock bottom. I am as well. Um, and I definitely feel like I'm having to face a lot of fears Yeah. Um, that were kind of created in, well, they were created a long time ago, but they were definitely like exaggerated, made worse in that relationship. And one of them is being alone, not dating. Like I have made a commitment for the last, you know, few months to not be on a dating app, not actively pursuing anybody until the end of April to give it, you know, myself time to really feel what it's like to be alone. And I honestly could say like 
what the hell was I so scared of? I know. Like, <laughs> I know. That's how I feel too. Exactly. Like, no, I've, I've been, and I, I've been a pandemic living alone, working for myself. Uh, I don't have family. I don't live with anybody. I don't have a dog or a cat. I've been literally living alone. Mm-hmm. I see, I have human contact maybe three to five hours a week total. That's it. Other than that, and I don't see anyone or touch anyone or hear their voice in the room. Uh, I'm to- totally alone. But but I have to say, it's been... Now, I, I don't like the idea of looking forward and feeling like this may be for forever, but it hasn't been the end of the world. It really hasn't. It's been... And there's a lot of it that's absolutely wonderful. And I've really come to know myself and enjoy being with myself and uh, enjoying my independence and... Um, having the way I like, you know, discovering the way I like life. Because if you remember, I got married at 19. So this for me, in a lot of ways, is getting to know myself for the first time. And yeah. and I've looked back at this too and thought, why, what was I so freaking scared of? I'm not, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't get it. But I, I felt it. I mean, it felt horrifying. It felt terrifying to me. I, yeah, I totally, well, one, I envy you is if for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you just saw me peel an orange for my son. I'm never technically alone. I have two children. Um, but, uh, I, um, I always felt this drive to like need a father for my children, Mm. a father figure. Their dads are not super present. One is completely out of the picture. One is, um, slightly in the picture, we'll say. Um, and I always felt like I could not do this alone. I, you know, I don't get child support. I don't get any help. I, my mother helps me while I live here, but I'm getting ready to go back and live on my own again. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, it was just this constant, like, you can't do this by yourself. And I'm like, I pretty much was anyways. Yeah. Like even when I was in that relationship, we didn't live together. Yeah. He wasn't there very often. Um, and he was never there in a father capacity. Right, right. Um, and let me ask you this, Ashley. I bet you when it came to emotional support, he wasn't providing that to you either. So when you were having like a big break, uh, like a shakeout breakdown or something was really upsetting you, I bet you he didn't like somehow like, hey, babe, let me help you with that. Come here. Let me, you know, I can make you. Feel. I bet he wasn't. I bet you were having to handle those yourself. Oh, 100% because I was crazy. Exactly. Our fantasy isn't our fantasy. Someone is going to like come alongside and like really make us feel good. We're going to have this moment, but it's not what's happening. You don't get that in these relationships. No, it's so interesting because I can't remember a time where him or the last one or the one before that that came in and asked me how my work was going, how my writing was going, how were the kids today? How was your day? Like common sense, (laughs) common decency. It's more like, Hey, is dinner ready? And Oh, I'm so excited that you're going to buy us sushi again. Like, yeah, what there was literally nothing right from these relationships that was right. Helping me. Which is, so here's, here this, this fear that you're going to be by yourself. And yet really you're so emotionally alone. It doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, we don't realize that it doesn't get any worse. This is as bad as it gets. You're already on your own, babe. You're already doing it by yourself, babe. And if you're on your own, literally it's the same, no difference, except that you don't have all the drama that they bring. Oh, exactly. And that's kind of been like the relief. 
Like I'm handling my own problems, but it's easier to handle my own problems when I'm not expecting help that doesn't come. Like I just know this is on me. You do it. And that's it. That's when it's the expectations of, of wanting them to be a decent person and have, you know, interest in you um, that I think makes you feel like so much more lonely. Yeah. Like now it's just like, I handle my own shit and it's good time to move on. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There are moments that I have had since he's been not in my life that were truly, truly emotionally rough moments. And I was very aware of how alone I was, but I also was aware I had to find my way out. And it wasn't any feeling of nobody's coming through for me because there was no one to come through for me. I just needed to figure it out. But there's something actually easier about that. It felt less upsetting, less like, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt, I didn't have that other component of, and they're not here too. I didn't have that. Yeah, It was a relief not to have that. Yeah. And I always feel like I, I once had a boyfriend, um, the brick boyfriend, we'll just call him that, um, who told me in the middle of us breaking up, we broke up for like a month or something. You do so much better when you're on your own. And I always translated that into you're going to be alone for the rest of your life if you want to be successful and productive. No. I would pour so much of myself into somebody else and be so obsessed about them that I would drop the ball in my own life. Yeah. And my life would just turn to chaos. Yeah. Now it's, it's not that I have to be alone to be a good person, to be successful, to be, you know, all the great things that he liked about me. I need to understand that I need my own autonomy and I need yeah. to focus on my own stuff and there needs to be space. And that actually should be one of our future topics is how many, how many concessions that someone actually said to me, you have to consider every relationship you meet with, how many concessions am I willing to make to make this relationship work? And unfortunately, I think too many of us say way too many, too much, all of me, all of them, I'll sign up. all of them, all yeah. of them. <laughs> everything I am. Yeah. And it can't, it cannot be that way. It cannot be that way, but that would be a great, another future topic. It's just, yeah, that alone concessions, the concessions. We'll mark that for next week when we talk about why we're single. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But part of, okay. So part of coming out of rock bottom, I think is, I think you have to treat it as you treat any addiction. So I, um, am, uh, a clean individual. Um, and so I've been to, uh, NA, which is basically the, the narcotics version of AA. And, um, they always tell you in the first year of being sober not to date. Mm. I'm not going to press it that far, but, um, I feel like when you're coming out of something and you're becoming a new person yeah. that you have to not bring somebody else into that mix, because I feel like there's like a dependency thing there. Right. And the focus is, then not on you. Like, do you agree? I agree. I agree. It's I, I, as a psychologist would told my clients this, I didn't follow it myself. And then I paid the consequences of that. Womp, womp. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm now 18, uh, 18 months out of my divorce now. And um, in fact, I'm more hesitant to date today than I was when I first left him. 
because the more the further I get away from him and the further I get away out of a relationship and really figure life out on my own, I'm less willing to make concessions. Mm-hmm. So I, I think feel more like I, like I feel like like you said it is an addiction, and I feel like now it's like you know what I don't really need that I don't really want that. So if it's going to be in my life, it's got to be really good. It's got to be really healthy, or I don't I don't need it. I don't want it. I feel the same way. Um, you know, it's this whole, you know, I'm on a journey to lose weight and become healthy, but, um, I'm not doing crash diets. I'm not doing all these crazy things. So it will be a slow process. Yeah. If I meet somebody now and they're not interested, but six months down the road, they're interested. That person is not for me. Like I just, I, but I would make those kinds of concessions. So the last time I lost weight, I lost a hundred pounds. And so I was like, 150 or something at my lowest weight and the guys that wouldn't give me the time of day came around at that point and yeah. everybody was like and and I was like oh this is great no they're shitty pieces of shit <laughs> like right. what right. no they're and not so, loving you they're looking yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so I, I keep making this mental list and I actually need to make a physical list of things that I'm just not willing to compromise anymore on Especially because now I really love my life. Yeah. I like, I, I, I work a lot. Obviously I spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, we're getting ready to like travel this year, Corona, hopefully, um, you know, once we get our shots, but like this year is going to be the best year I probably had in a flipping decade. Mm -hmm. Like why would I want to compromise on having the best year of my life for, what a guy who has six packs, like okay, everybody has six <laughs> packs. Will lose point. it because he's gonna age. Because let's just right, like give me a dad bod and a beard any day, anyways. <laughs> and he's got but a great heart, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and it's just kind of like I don't, I, I'm not willing to make those concessions anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not willing to put time and effort into trying to get to know someone if there's even one red flag. Hell, if there's even two yellow ones, I'm out at this point. Because why? There's, there's, oh, it's so cliche, but there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think so. We're really, I mean, I, as I'm listening to us today, I'm really hearing a lot of things that, that, that happen to our mindset that we need to be really super careful about is that when you're in a rock bottom, it's easy to feel like you're there by yourself and no one will help and no one will care. No, there is really help. It's also, you end up thinking that it can't get better. Yes, it can get better. And then you end up thinking, and no one will ever really want me or love me. No, you're, you should want you and love you. It starts with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important to reach out for help. If you are in this low place and you feel like you have nobody to the point where I'm like, if you feel like you have nobody, then you need to go to the girl just Instagram and send us a DM because you don't have nobody. And I can tell you that there have been so many times where online friends saved my life. Yeah. Like, um, you know, this whole thing of you have to do it by yourself is just bullshit. Yes. Don't believe that lie. Um, for sure. And you know, the next thing is to focus on yourself. And then when you finally get out of that hole, don't settle for anything less than you deserve or you would want your children to have, or you, or if you don't have children, your siblings or whatever, like your best, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I wouldn't want, 
some of the wackos I've dated, I would have pulled you aside and been like, no, Carrie, you need to leave. Like, we're going to block him right now. We're going to do this together. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. and I had people doing that for me and listen, because it's, it does not come. I feel like with girls, especially, you know, it's a, it's, it comes off as like a jealous thing or something, you know, right. like, oh, right. they don't want me to be happy. They don't want the best for me. Um, you know, the, I'm just not spending enough time with them or whatever. And that's, that's not true. Right. Like they're yeah. literally saying it because they see something is wrong, but okay. So what is one thing, just one definite thing you would tell a listener who's listening to this and they feel like they are at a low point or even at their rock bottom? Well, I think it's really easy for people to assume that they're alone and there's something inherently broken or wrong about them and that this doesn't happen to other people. It happens to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, how much exactly. education you have, or how, how perfect or not perfect your life is. It happens to everyone. You're not alone. And it's not something defective about you. That's, that's huge because I always felt like it was, just, it was a me thing. Yeah. You know, like I was just so not put together enough or yeah. damaged or crazy as every exactly. narcissistic boyfriend has ever told me. Um, and really what it was is I didn't love myself and I was looking for other people to love me. And then even when they did, it never seemed like it was enough because you can't plug the love you're supposed to give yourself with love from other people. It right. doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, but it's so easy to feel like there's something essentially inherently shameful, awful, or worthless about you. It's not true. You're not. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that for them to DM us at any time because yeah. we so get it. And it, it, it happens to every person at every walk of life, at every age, and at every possible advantage or disadvantage. Yeah. It, I mean, it really does. I mean, look at us. We were personality-wise a lot alike, but life-wise, we're very different. Right. Um, and, you know, but we've all been at that place where it was like, it seems like it's never, ever, ever going to get any better, but it, it will. Um, it might take a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and a lot of reading and figuring out who you are as a person and figuring out how to love that person. Um, but it's, it's worth it. Cause I mean, what's the alternative? Falling into something else that's shitty and doing it all over again and living your life on repeat until you die. Exactly. Curling up in some corner and dying. So what would you say? What's the one piece of advice that you would give Ashley? Um, I think that's it. Like finding a way to love yourself. Um, it was so interesting. I was scrolling on TikTok today and um, there was this challenge or whatever where you were supposed to look down for a couple seconds and then look up when the beat changed. And it was like, that's how people see you. You'll fall in love with yourself. And this girl did it when she was eating and wrote on there, you know, I'm trying to love myself and love my body when I'm eating. She's obviously struggling with some sort of eating disorder or something like that, body dysmorphia. And so I was like, wow, you know, I hate watching myself eat, seeing myself eat, eating on camera. I mean, there are some times where I'm in a Zoom meeting and I will turn my camera off so I can eat really fast, but I don't want to see it. (laughs) Like, you know, and I, I have this really love hate relationship with my curves and my body and, you know, it's still something that I'm, I'm getting, learning to love basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to learn to love it at this point before I try to change it. 
Right. You know, I, because changing it is not going to make it not going to make me happy. No, no. And so I think that it's really important to dig in and find some affirmations, uh, spend some time in the mirror, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to love yourself at the place that you're at your lowest point so that you will then, when you get to a higher point, love yourself. It's the same thing we tell, you know, we were just talking about with guys. If he doesn't love me at my, you know, my ratchet, (laughs) my low point, my ratchet ass, whatever, then, you know, he can't have my Beyonce, you know, he can't, he can't have me at my highest point. Well, that's the same for you. Like you have to love yourself no matter what, you know, level you're on. Exactly. And the other thing is when people hear that, they often think, well, that it's not working because I don't feel this for myself. I'm saying these things, but I still like, meanwhile, hate myself. I like, yes, I'm really beautiful. I want to really like, you know, rip that off. No, no, no. But that's the process. The process is that you don't feel it in the beginning. You have to do it. You do it because you do it. And then over time, it begins to have an effect. It's like slowly, it's like trying to water parched ground. It's dry and it's Mm desert-like. It takes a long time for it to soak. So you do the behavior for a long time and you'll begin to see results down the road. Yeah, and I think finding finding out who you truly are helps in that scenario too. I can think of um, like hating my hair and my style and stuff like that because I was trying to be like the stereotypical mom you know <laughs> like whatever <laughs> I wanted to say like puffy vests and plaid shirts but I have plaid shirt on but it wasn't until that I was like okay I'm going to stretch my ears out again like I had when I was worked at Hot Topic I dye my hair black I'm gonna put some color in it I'm gonna get some more tattoos like things that make me happy and like now even though my body isn't at the ideal weight I love the way I look. That sounds really conceited, but I don't care. I love the way I look because awesome. this is me. I'm not trying to fit a square peg into a, a round hole anymore. Right. right. And so I think that you have to spend the time learning to love yourself, but also spending time getting to know who you are, which happens when you're alone. I'm sorry. You do not get to know yourself while you're swiping through Tinder. I don't think. But... No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Well, that's really great advice. I'm glad we, I, I think that's a good starting point. And it is a process. It takes patience. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's, you know, get a start with yourself and, and know that you're not alone and know that we all feel that way. It's, this is a normal place to start. It really is. And again, our DMs are open on pretty much any platform. Right. Do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, all the links to uh, follow us on social media are down below, including our TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> I spend way too much on TikTok, time on TikTok, but I am there now. So <laughs> um, so this has been a great discussion, and I really hope that you guys will continue to join us on the Girl Get Your Shit Together podcast. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye.